Welcome back to I'd Rather Be at the Beach, brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. This is the podcast for school marketing people that's nothing to do with school marketing because, let's face it, you work hard enough already. Now, I'm Simon, former marketing manager turned owner of the Bonjour Agency, the place for school marketing managers. In each episode, I speak to someone in the sector who won't talk about work, but we get to find out more about them as a person. Now, usually I carry out these recordings online, but this episode's a little bit different because I'm actually sat in the school's marketing department for this. So today, you're going to find me at Shiplake College. Kat Green is Director of External Relations there, and in this episode, she's talking to us about what she's like outside of work. Because, let's face it, we all have lives outside of work. At least, I think we do anyway. We talk families, we talk holidays, we talk sport, and we basically just have a nose into Kat's life. That's all coming up in this episode. So come with me now as we dive into a conversation with Kat Green from Shiplake College. Kat, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Welcome to a very, very quiet Shiplake College, Simon. It's the school holidays. There's no one around. It's a very weird atmosphere. Tell me what it's like in school when you're used to children being around. And, and I think every, every marketing manager that's listening to this right now knows what school is like. But what's it like here at Shiplake College when there are no children around and it's just a few staff who are here? It's like tangible. You can tell the difference that there's no one else around. I mean, even though I spend a large part of my day in the office in the back not necessarily interacting with the pupils and the staff. Um, you can just tell that there's there's not that kind of activity, that buzz happening outside in the classrooms or on the sports pitches or wherever they are. So we're recording this then. It's the 19th of August. Do you manage to get much time off work during summer holidays? I'm laughing. I'm trying not to laugh too hard because I am a little bit of a workaholic. Um, I'm terrible at taking my annual leave. I have, however, just returned from a week away in Devon for on the beach. And it was a really good opportunity to properly switch off and actually have some downtime, have some time with the family and make use of something called out of office on an email. I love it. So this podcast is called I'd Rather Be at the Beach. Maybe we should rename it to I'd Rather Be Back at the Beach. Absolutely. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. And do you think that, because we're not going to talk about work because this isn't the podcast for work, but just thinking about marketing managers in schools, do you think it's quite normal for school marketing managers to find it hard to switch off? Going by my own experience, absolutely. I'm always thinking about what's happening, what's happened that day, what I need to do next. Um, I'm I'm always attached to the marketing phone, looking at the social media, um, kind of tracking the interactions and engagements online because that happens 24 hours a day. And so I am really guilty at finding it hard to turn off and uh, to switch off. Okay, let's jump out of school life then for a second. Tell us about your family situation. What's going on there? I am married with two young girls. Uh, one is seven and the other is 10. And the oldest, I hope, will be one of the first year seven girls to be joining Shepherd College as we go fully co-educational. Oh, oh, exciting times. A little a little plug there for Shiplake as well, going co-ed. How long have you been here at Shiplake for? I have just been, LinkedIn has just told me that I've done my nine years at Shiplake College. <laughs> so I've just celebrated my nine year anniversary there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but sometimes I see on LinkedIn when it says yeah, someone that you know, and it says they're, they're celebrating their 15th anniversary and you're thinking to yourself, oh, they should have left that place a long time ago. <laughs> oh, I really hope people don't think that about me. <laughs> I'm sure they don't. Okay. And what were you doing before you came to work here? So previously I was at Cokethorpe School, um, another school, independent school in Oxfordshire. Um, I was there for seven years and that was straight out of university. So I've been in school marketing since graduating. And, and what year did you graduate without giving away your age too much, Kat? 2006. Okay. Right. Where did you go to university? I did a geography degree at Exeter 
which I understand you know very well. I know Exeter very well. Yeah, very, very well. And that's good listening and good remembering there as well. Just for anyone listening, my eldest is at uh, university in Exeter doing law. But tell me why you did geography there then. Absolutely classic case of um, not knowing what I wanted to do next in my life when I did my A-levels. And the A-level subject I did geography was the one that I had most interest in. I enjoyed it and I was quite good at it. And so it was a good subject to do at university because it actually gave me quite a lot of breadth and lots of um, other skills, not just geography related. And did you go to an independent school yourself? I did, yes. I was an all-girls school in Reading. Okay. Oh, which one? The Abbey? The Abbey. Oh, right, right. Just thinking who's in charge of marketing. I don't know who's in charge of marketing there at the moment. It was Craig Andrew, but he's now just had a new new appointment. Yeah, so I don't know who it is Right, no, I don't know who that is. Okay, if you're listening to this and you're you're the new marketing (laughs) director at Reading at the Abbey, then, then give us a shout. Okay, and tell us a little bit then about what you first did after you left university. So I, when I first did what I did when I left university, um, I obviously was looking for a job. In my gap year, I had spent a bit of time working at Abingdon School, uh, where at the time my mum was working. And she asked me to help cover the phones for a few weeks um, whilst they waited for the new receptionist they'd appointed to start. And I ended up staying there nine months because they, I then started being quite useful around the office. And at that time, school marketing appointments and vacancies wasn't a thing. So I started dabbling a bit in the kind of helping of the marketing of the of the school and really enjoyed it. So when it, it came to graduating and needing to kind of find myself a grown up job, I recalled my enjoyment of marketing um, and I didn't necessarily go out to look for school and um, a job in marketing in schools. But um, I, the nature of the fact that I had that experience and uh, my mum was still working in independent schools. Uh, meant that that is how I landed. I actually ended up with t- a part-time job at um, Coatethorpe and a part-time job in a marketing and communications agency, um, which is the um, the company that actually um, edits and publishes the Attain magazine. Oh yeah. So I'm really proud to say that I was one of the I was involved in the very first few issues of that magazine. And is Attain is that aimed at prep school market? Initially prep schools, but it's all the independent schools now. So it okay. does it does Matthew Smith, who's the editor, it kind of covers all independent schools matters through the magazine. So in some ways, then you kind of fell into school marketing sort of by accident. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I'll blame my mother. And <laughs> but uh, and we're very boring at dinner tables because all we talk about is schools. <laughs> but um, yeah, it wasn't what I set out to do. And so certainly with a geography degree, I never really anticipated that's how my life would go. But I can't really see how else it would have done now. Would you ever want to change your career to do something that's more geography focused? I wouldn't imagine so. If it was, then it would be back in schools teaching. But, you know, I still have a, an affinity with geography. I, I like it, but um, it's more of a kind of interest than a, a career based. When I was at the Abbey, I did one of those career profiles, profiling um, surveys, and it said that I should be an air traffic controller or a paramedic. Oh, and I I think both of those are kind of fairly high stressed kind of stress occupations. And so in theory, I'm good at kind of dealing with those sorts of situations and probably working in marketing in schools is, is, is up there as well. Um, I do 
quite like the idea of bringing an air traffic controller, although my husband, who sees me park, would probably say otherwise. <laughs> but what is it then about air traffic control that, that appeals? Could, because to some people, including the person talking to you right now, that could fill them with absolute horror. I don't know. It's something about kind of the satisfaction of kind of getting the planes in the right order, in the right space, and kind of communicating with the pilots to make sure that they get landed safely. I don't know what it is that does appeal. So weirdly, that career profile from, what was it, year 10 or year 11 is stuck with me all this time hmm. but um but you know equally i'm probably best suited on the ground i remember doing a similar thing myself many years ago i, I read a book called what was it what color is your parachute uh, which kind of does exactly the same thing and it said to me that i should either be a let's think what was it a formula one logistics manager uh, or i should be a movie location scout so going around the world finding locations to to shoot scenes neither of which i'm doing now of course (laughs) (laughs) so maybe we should be following these things a bit closer okay let's imagine then that in some strange world school marketing doesn't exist anymore you have to do something else apart from school marketing or marketing generally and i'm going to take away geography related uh, things as well it's really hard to answer that question because i don't know i wanted to be a policeman when i was growing up but I actually don't think I have the patience um, to deal with some of the situations that they, that these people have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I asked my children this this morning, and both of them independently said that I should work in a pancake factory. <laughs> and <laughs> to give a bit of context, it's because I am the world's worst cook. I don't cook. I'm dreadful at it. I don't enjoy it. Um, but the one thing I can do is make them pancakes in the morning for breakfast. Okay. And that's their association with what I'm good at. <laughs> so if you want the best pancakes in Berkshire, Oxfordshire sort of area, then Cat Green, you're Absolutely, the place to Absolutely, I'm the place to go. I, I even took my pancake um, saucepan on holiday with me. <laughs> Isn't that bad? <laughs> <laughs> this is almost like the one thing you're good at cooking in the kitchen. You take it all with you all the time. Yeah, exactly that. Having just been on holiday... Um, It was with my extended family. I'm one of um, five children. And so there was kind of 15 or 16 of us in this um, in this holiday home. And um, as a result, of course, kind of the rotor for cooking and things like that was put out. And sure enough, I was not put on any of the evening cooking sessions, but I was in charge of breakfast. So, okay, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Breakfast and a bit of washing up. and Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no big responsibility for main meals. Yeah, I didn't take offence because I completely wholeheartedly agree with them. <laughs> Excellent. And apart from cooking pancakes, tell me one thing that you're into when you're not in school. If I'm not in school, if I'm not working, you will find me on a hockey pitch. Oh, much like Simon Noakes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm a big hockey player. I um, train and play at weekends and I also coach the under eights at Henley Hockey Club. And fortunately at the moment, I am actually coaching my own daughter. But when I started coaching um, four years ago, it was with the intention of coaching my older daughter who lasted about two weeks. Right. And um, I got stuck there coaching other people's children on a Sunday morning. But weirdly, I do kind of get quite a lot of satisfaction from it as well. So um, seeing them develop and get and improve week on week. But yeah, so hockey's a big part of my life. And are you into sport in general or is it mainly just hockey? Hockey mostly. Um, I am sporty if my arthritic knees allow. But if it's not kind of playing it, it's watching it. Um, we spent, we went up to Birmingham to watch some of the Commonwealth Games and the atmosphere in the Alexander Stadium watching the athletics was absolutely incredible. 
And um, also my oldest daughter does play football. She doesn't play hockey, but she does play football. And so watching the Lionesses with their recent win of the Euros was absolutely fantastic as well. Tell me a bit more about how that felt then being... Well, first of all, someone who's interested in sport. Secondly, being a woman and thirdly, seeing the Lionesses win. I mean, that was outstanding, of course. But how did that make you as a person feel? I think it's mostly overridden by the fact that I've got, I'm a mum of two girls. That to me was the big overriding kind of moment of proud, like how proud I was. Helped by the fact that they both play football themselves. So they both kind of had an interest in watching and following them. And I could really share the kind of excitement with them. Um, because they're the ones that play it. And um, it really broke that stigma of the fact that there's just that they play football. There's no, but we, go, we can't play that because of boys or anything like that. It was, it's just so nice to see it's natural for them to be playing football. And um, so, yeah, as mostly as a, as a mum, as opposed to just being a woman, it was quite defining that um, we could make such a momentous impact on kind of equality through this way. How long do you think it'll take before women's football gets to a stage where, like men's football, it's 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 commanding the same kind of salaries? I'm I'm not saying that that, that men should be getting paid that, but you know, just to get a, a literally a level playing field. How long do you think it'll take before we get to that stage? I'd love to say that we've kind of we've there's a momentum and that it shouldn't take too long. Um, and I really hope that I'm proved wrong, but. You know, I've taken my girls to watch Reading football women um, at the Majeski Stadium and, you know, I'm disappointed at how few supporters there are there. And so I, I hope that, you know, this season when we go and support them, that there's much more, many more spectators in the stands. But knowing just how big a difference there is at the moment, um, unfortunately, I think there'll be a little bit more way to go on. I'd like to be proved wrong. But I guess it's all sort of nudging up each of these different areas, you know, a bit at a time in the, you know, the more people that go along, then the more opportunity there is for companies to advertise. We're stepping into marketing now, of course. The more that companies advertise, then the greater the demand for that, which pushes up the uh, the, the, the prices for advertising. The prices, yeah, and the salaries, absolutely. And I really hope that, you know, some of these players aren't having to do dual jobs or anything like that, at least, you know, get to that point where they can really focus on their professional kind of football playing career rather than having to kind of do both like so many are at the moment. It's hard doing both, isn't it? You know, I I think, you know, for anyone who's ever been in a position, uh, I'm thinking back to myself here, where I've I've had two different jobs. Okay, one of them wasn't playing football representing my country. (laughs) But nevertheless, it's, it's hard to have a foot in two camps. And actually thinking about marketing managers listening to this quite often, if they're part time, then it means that their other part time life is being a being a part time or a full time parent while having a part time job which is never an easy thing. Okay, let's just talk about holidays for a second. You mentioned that you got back from Devon recently. What's the best holiday you've ever had in your life? So, I mean, I love my annual trip to Devon. Um, I've been going to the same place since I was, you know, a toddler baby. Um, So all of those merge into one and um, I couldn't definitely couldn't pick one of those. Do you normally go back to the same place each time? Not the same accommodation, but the same town. So it's we pretty much stayed in every single holiday let um, in <laughs> available. There, I think we move each year. There's a few really special ones and I can't choose between them. And I think the reason for that is not so much the destination, but the people I was with. Um, so I spent Christmas in Peru um, with my oldest brother. Wow. We were we walked the Inca Trail, went to Machu Picchu and um, spent Christmas Day deep in the Amazon rainforest. Um, so that was really special. 
And then with my two other brothers, I spent five days um, traversing the Alps um, along something called the Oat Route. So you're kind of going up and down the, the mountain skiing and the views and being completely in the middle of nowhere or felt like completely in the middle of nowhere was breathtaking. But again, it was the experience that I was having with two people that mean that I'm so close to. And and then um, honeymoon in South Africa. Oh, absolutely incredible country. Um, stunning, stunning place, amazing people. And um, but again, it's the experience with somebody I love. Like you say, some amazing places, but going with significant people. Let's chuck in a question here. I'm dying to ask you this. If you could go anywhere in the world and, and doesn't matter where, but take two people with you, dead or alive, anybody at all, who would you take? That's a really difficult question, which I haven't prepared for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so definitely... Somebody that I would like to spend more time with is my dad, who died uh, nine years ago, ten years ago. And kind of looking back, I wish I'd spent more time with him. Um, amazing man. And I kind of just took for granted his stories and his words of wisdom and things like that. And given that I can't, I couldn't take three people and therefore I couldn't take my family, it would still be somebody that's close to me. And I guess... I guess it would be my husband. Um, we we don't see, I know I haven't chosen kind of two famous people or anything like that, but we. I work really hard and I would, you know, when we are together, it's kind of around the family and the girls and what's happening and logistics and things like that. And so to be able to kind of just kind of spend some time just the us, us two, you know, we should introduce date night like Simon Oates does. Um, but yeah, it would, and I actually would like uh, therefore to, for my husband and my dad to kind of spend more time together. Oh, that's lovely. That really is. Okay. A strange question then. Let's imagine that your house, which contains everything that you own, it catches fire. Uh, after you've saved your loved ones and your pets or anything else like that, you have time to make it safely back in to, to grab one thing. What do you grab? <laughs> I mean, the, the the obvious answer is my phone, but that is surgically attached to my hand anyway. <laughs> and and I genuinely, because if it's only one thing, it's really hard. And it's also with the kind of era of cloud-based things, you know, you kind of feel that a lot of stuff is backed up or kind of able to be retrievable. And and so I, I didn't know what, <laughs> what the answer would be to this. And I kind of asked my husband and he was like, well, it's obvious it'd be the Nespresso machine. And um, I think that's a complete kind of reflection of my absolute addiction to coffee. Um, so I, it's not, it's a terrible um, answer really, but um, it's, I think there's, there's an element of the fact that, you know, most things are replaceable, but, um, and those that aren't, I've kind of got accessible. So even the wedding album, you know, it would, it would be devastating, but replaceable and things like that. So but yeah, it's it's a tough one. And especially at the moment, we've got loads of building work going on in the house. And so there's <laughs> pretty much nothing in it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, yeah, it's already, and or maybe I'm not very sentimental. I don't know. No, it's, it's a good point you make about your, about the phone, though, because you, you're right. You know, a lot of these things are cloud-based. You can get a new phone, just log in, re-download the apps and then re reconnect and you're up and away. I guess the only thing that some people might be thinking right now is the photos that they've taken on their phones. Sometimes we're good at uploading them and backing them up and, you know, getting them off the phone so they're, so they're safe. But quite often I find people aren't. Uh, how are you with that? Have you got lots of photos on your phone? Yeah, I do, but they're all backed up on the cloud. And so it's, I mean, there are probably some, there's probably a hard drive somewhere with maybe kind of photos and videos, which might not necessarily be. And so I guess, yeah, 
with without certainty, that would be something I'd definitely be trying to kind of scrabble around trying to find. Okay, so we're not going to do this, but if we had your phone here and if I looked at the last music that you were playing on there, what, what, what would I find maybe the last three playlists to contain? My children have access to my phone. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although with the older one, it's all it is very much changed. It, you see that kind of subtle change from um, kind of children related songs to, um, you know, things like Ed Sheeran and Harry Styles and things like that. I used to be a huge, huge music fan and I have kind of fallen away from that for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I did go and spend and go and see Ed Sheeran recently, um, which is quite um, cliched, but it was actually incredible at Wembley Stadium. And I'm gutted I missed out on Coldplay tickets. But generally, I'm not a big music listener anymore. I used to be. Um, my commute is eight minutes. And so I don't get even podcasts is not, you know, <laughs> too long for that even. And the and so I like to I like to listen to the radio and um, and listen to whatever's on Radio One at that time. Um, I don't kind of necessarily put playlists on. And while we're in this world of music, how about films? What was the last good film that you watched? Gosh, I do like a good film, and I'm terrible at watching things again. So, and but and well, what was the last good film I watched? I haven't been to cinema in years. And there's loads of things. So Top Gun is on my list of things I want to watch. Oh, so good. But, and all I've heard is how good it is. Um, but we just don't have the opportunity to go to the cinema. So I'm waiting for that to become available. And we watched the James Bond recently because that did come out um, on streaming and really enjoyed that. And somehow the ending had escaped me. And so I was really surprised by it. I don't quite, I was left really confused. And my husband was like, how did you not know that was how it was ending? And I was like, oh. so I really enjoyed that. And what else have I watched recently? I'm quite bad for watching really easy kind of, no, I don't want to say chick flicks. <laughs> they are, it's really, I'm terrible at going to sleep without kind of having watched something pretty dreadful. Um, to help me kind of switch off. So I'm not even going to admit what I watched last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you then. Would you choose America or Canada? Oh, um, quick fire questions, quick fire answers. Um, America, I think. America, yeah. America. Interesting. Uh, Australia or New Zealand? I'm weirdly, I'm, I'm choosing places I've already been to, but Australia, even though I want to go to New Zealand um, and maybe I'm being kind of completely swayed by what I know and what I don't know, but um, Australia, because I've got good memories there from, okay. from there. Which part did you go to? I was, it was a classic six weeks backtracking in my um, kind of straight after A-level. So I started down in Melbourne and went up to Cairns and um, pretty ticked every kind of classic cliche box in between. Very good. Very good. France or Spain? Now, I am going to say Spain. I've been to both, but I really like this, this kind of Spanish. I don't know, whatever the... I'm using hand gestures here because I can't find the right words. Um, kind of the sunny side of Spain, like kind of the lovely kind of characteristics and personalities of the Spanish. Okay, red wine or white wine? Oh, definitely white wine. That's a really easy answer. Okay, all right. You should go to New Zealand then. In that <laughs> well, to be fair, actually, Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc is, is my go-to. Okay, uh, I was going to say wine or spirits, but it sounds like wine. It's wine or beer, yeah. Um, yeah, actually beer is... Preferable lager. Okay. Uh, in that case, alcohol or no no alcohol? Now, I've already talked about my addiction to coffee. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I've become a really big fan of the non-alcoholic beers recently. So they, they're really good. They're really, really good. And so if I can kind of answer in cheekily by cheating by saying kind of non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> Which one would you recommend then? The Heineken is our go-to. Okay, yeah, right. But there are, there are quite good ones and there's some dreadful ones. But um, yeah, I wonder if other people disagree, but... You mentioned your dad earlier. I, I met up with my dad not long ago and uh, because I was driving and it was lunchtime, I, I had a non-alcoholic beer in the pub. I was blown away by how good it was. It was absolutely beautiful. And to me, it tasted just like a regular beer. Yeah. So I got a second one and, and it was delicious. I, I went back for a third one after that and I said to the guy, this non-alcoholic beer tastes absolutely delicious. He said, oh, we've run out. And I said, this is like real. And he said, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm driving. He said, you better be careful with that. <laughs> oh, no, that's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, that could have been really nasty. That could have been, yeah. Last quick fire question, Friday nights or Sunday mornings? Well, Sunday mornings is when I do the hockey coaching. <laughs> so I'm up, out, kind of, yeah, coaching, normally in the rain, um, kind of looking after 30 other kind of seven, six and seven-year-olds. So uh, Friday nights, especially if it ends in a pub. Friday nights. I love it. I love it. Um, Kat, we need to bring this to a close. Uh, thank you for your time, especially here during summer holidays. But it's great to meet up with you. Great to be here in person at Ship Lake. And thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. So that was Kat Green from Ship Lake talking all about her life outside of work. Thank you for being here, Kat, especially for giving up your time and for that delicious coffee. Just for the record, Ship Lake has a terrific Nespresso machine for coffees. I highly recommend it. Now, meanwhile, the really interesting thing is that you're still here listening, proving that people do listen to podcasts all the way through to the end. To find out more about podcasting in your school for your own school marketing, then come visit our website, www.thebonjouragency.com, and you can find out more there. But in the meantime, the next episode is coming out soon, so click that option to follow or subscribe, and then it just means that you won't miss it. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.